you give them like a little friend or whatever, but then that friend is used to protect them. They'll purposely go out of their way to find those kinds of things and cause damage. Like they'll just send an email. I guess you don't have to do anything for them to kind of hack your system. Your camera's on, but you can access it. You might want to figure that out. They had to get the idea from someone. I like to go down some rabbit holes. I don't know how from, I'm guessing you are with Pegasus, like the whole Pegasus system. But it's a good kind of hack. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Totem Podcast. I'm your guest, Monica Carrillo. And of course, here we got Eric Carrillo here on the other side of it. Um, super excited about today's because we don't really get to talk too much tech all the time. But today we got a pretty good guy to talk tech with us, um, especially with like all the stuff going on now with AI and smart homes and all this stuff. It's, uh, is that a good thing to do it or not? That's a good question. Know. We're about to find out. He's about <laughs> to break the news for us. There you go. So, Anthony, welcome to the show. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. It's really interesting. I've been watching your guys' stuff for a while and, you know, really adapted some of the stuff that I even do in my day-to-day, so I'm glad you guys started reaching out and connected and we're doing this. No, that that's cool. I want to start off with, because uh, we're going to get into some tech, cyber stuff. I mean, that's what you specialize in. But I want to start off because this weekend, it fit perfect. This weekend, I was watching a movie. It was on Netflix. It just came out. It was, uh, what was it called? Leave the World Behind with Julia Roberts. And they're yeah. talking about, you know, how people say, like, the next world, the next war is going to be like a cyber war, and it's going to have right. all this world stuff. World War Three is going to be, yeah. yeah. And so this this movie was actually like a cyber war, like how it happened. They tapped into their systems. They got all these Teslas because they're self driving, right. just crash into each other. So like the whole city was shut down. Of course, it was a uh, New York City, right? New York. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, but I'm just curious, like on that aspect, like they have to, there has to be some truth to that stuff for them to get the, I think, to be able to get the topics of how to come up with the movie script now. But like, I'm just, I'm just curious to know, like on, on your aspect of stuff, like how dangerous, I guess, is cyber stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, that, I actually watched that last night too. Um, oh, really? Oh yeah, that cool. was, it, it took me for a loop on that because I kind of got the hints of it and everything until the very end. And, you know, it's, it's definitely possible. And it's usually the most silly things that kind of cause that. I mean, unless you're, you know, like the government in that aspect of it and where you're, you know, you have a lot of um, impenetrable things that can, you know, be dwindled down from, you know, one person accidentally clicking an email link, you know, something like that. Um, but, yeah, that, that kind of stuff is definitely possible. It's just a little bit more difficult unless you kind of know what you're doing with it. And a lot of the times with those kinds of entities, they're, you know, they're, they're military grade, so it makes it a little harder, but impossible. <laughs> How far out do you think something like that is away from like possibly happening? Uh, I think pretty close, honestly. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, you know, even with the Tesla aspect, it took me a second to realize, you know, when it was happening with it, that that's, you know, all it takes is, you know, that one, that one bug. You know, even recently, um, Adobe had noticed that uh, they had a huge, or no, I'm sorry, not Adobe. It was uh, Citrix. I don't know if you heard about that. me because we use Adobe. Like, What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Citrix had a, a, a bleed, essentially, which allowed them to, you know, get into their, their workspace. It's essentially like a, a way of saying a, a, a remote program into their resources. And it became this huge thing like a week or two ago. So um, it's it's always something there that's kind of oversighted or, you know, if somebody can, you know, figure out a way to, you know, get into something they're not supposed to, that can really make a lot of matters worse. So how did you like the ending of that movie? Frustrated. Terrible <laughs> ending. Don't, don't, don't spoil it. Don't spoil yeah. it. I haven't seen it yet. It's terrible, <laughs> terrible ending. Yeah, it was so, my wife was so angry. Yeah, me and my wife were watching, we were just like, looked at each other like, what the fuck? Is, is it yeah. like one of those, like, oh, they woke up I from a dream? I guess you'll find out, Eric. Right? Oh my gosh, it's out. so we're gonna, unsatisfying. We're going to let you sit there for an hour and a half. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, yeah. 
But, but um, with all like the security <clears throat> breaches and stuff, are there people like constantly like being the bad guys in the situation that are just their job is to just hack into stuff? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, they are black hats essentially where, um, you know, they'll purposely go out of their way to find those kinds of things and cause damage. Um, there's a lot of uh, conventions essentially, which is more ethical. They call them, um, that's a capture the flag. And it's what they'll do is kind of essentially have competitions uh, to see who can hack into something that's controlled as fast as possible. So there's a lot of different kinds of people. There's white hats that are, you know, ethical hackers. Like they'll, you know, um, if you ever look it up, um, Google and a lot of big companies have uh, bug rewards. So if you get into Google, you find out I just searched this and I do this little, you know, certain aspect of code, I can get into their servers. And if you report that to them, they'll actually pay you for wow. finding that and then they'll repair it. Well, I guess that's smart on their side. Exactly. They get, they get like free like, bug <laughs> reports and stuff. So it's, right. It's and perfect. Yeah, people make that a living. It's it's actually pretty crazy how they do. And they, wow. they don't pay like big bucks for that, you know, depending on how bad it is. So. They right. definitely, they definitely have their their work for them, and they'll even sometimes hire them for that aspect too. Wow! So, like, how does someone like 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 you like how did you get started in like the cyber security space and all that stuff? Because it's not something that's been around too long. It's been, and I feel like in the past maybe decade or so that it's starting to actually picked up. So, like, how did you get started into it? Uh, I've been in you know the uh, IT aspect for about twelve years now. Um, <clears throat> I've been everything from you know system administrator to you know tech one and you know doing all these different roles in between and learning different aspects of them. Um, and I've always been interested in technology. So what'll happen is you know kind of progress to the point where when I moved out here to, to Wiggins about two years ago, I noticed that you know a lot of the small organizations out here um, they didn't have kind of adequately what they would need. So I ended up pursuing that into you know my own stance for it, and you know I've gotten a few clients out of it where I've noticed that um, their setups aren't you know satisfactory to the point where they'd be safe, you know. And then I have a lot of them you know calling me every now and then saying, "Oh, this computer broke." It's like, well, that's not you know that doesn't fit with what your your network needs. So and you know VoIP and stuff like that, where it's, there's so many different entries in, where it's like, okay, well, you know, we'll essentially do a whole revamp of your 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 entire infrastructure so that you know. You can see that um, you're, you're failing in these aspects of it, but then you need to get those fixed so that it doesn't get worse for you. Or you know, even backups, for example, you know, a lot of clients out here, you know, have noticed that they're like, you got you got to back it up. And like, it's like, yeah, we can back your computer up with all your files. Like, if that crashes and dies, you're done. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's it. Well, I mean, that's a lot. That's a big problem with like small businesses because they're like, right. oh, like. I got all my stuff here on my computer. I'm good. Like no one's gonna actually come and get me. But then, exactly. what if that computer crashes? Yeah. What do you do then? But even on another one, a lot of businesses out here we're kind of talking about it the other day. Like, how much of them really do have a computer system going? Because a lot of them, I think, That's still true. go like right. they're still on pen and paper. Pen, right? pen and paper, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's definitely the more secure aspect of it, you know. Uh, but more for efficiencies, essentially, you know, having that other system, even if it's just one computer in the back that you know you're sending emails from. Um, a lot of the stuff nowadays, um, too, is you can actually do from your phone. So a lot of the stuff that I offer, you know, usually included with my my services, is multi-platform. So I mean, you might not need a computer. You can just have that point of sale. You know, like I kind of talked about before, where it's like, okay, I know that is all completely cloud-based. Something happens to it, I don't have to worry about it because it's backed up. But I can also check it on my phone. You know, so there's there's different many avenues you have where you know you don't have to have the computer aspect into it to you know make it efficient. But you know, there's other options where it's like your computer or I'm sorry, your phone. Um, you know, stuff like that where we can put it on different things and figure out the best solution for them. Okay. So what what is a system? I guess like a general system kind of look like for like a, a small business, or I guess how would you take them from like 
pen and paper to like this because they they can right. just literally get uh, <laughs> uh, how do you say it frustrated right away if well, they're used exactly. to this. So how what's I guess what's the process look like for you? How do you walk them down that? That alley. Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> then, you know, I'll do the, the full kind of audit with them, essentially saying that, you know, your internet coming in right now is literally just what you, the ISP has provided you, you know, so, and that usually is good for residential, but not for business because they're not trying to get residential, they're trying to get business. Um, so, what I'll do is I'll evaluate kind of how their network looks at that point and their processes and see, okay, so you're putting these in a, you know, folder essentially and, you know, you're kind of stacking them up. Well, there's a more efficient way with, you know, this product that I have, which would be like, you know, computer scanner everywhere to put it into like OneDrive, for example, so that that's backed up. Um, and I'll kind of go through the whole process with them as to what's, how do you do it and how can I make it better for you, more efficient. Um, that's for the day-to-day -day processes, but for like the cybersecurity aspect of it, you know, I'll, I'll um, and I'll, we'll get a firewall for them, you know, where essentially it's this little tiny thing in between the, the modem and their network so it's secure. And, you know, blocks any kind of strange traffic out. And it will ensure that anything um, coming in is only you know, supposed to come in. Uh, once they have that in place, then, you know, it's kind of slowly progressively building them up. You know, like, do you need wireless here? Do you need wireless there? Um, what do your servers look like? Um, you know, stuff like that where it's like, okay, I have a... An old Dell in the back that you know has been sitting there forever, and it has you know my QuickBooks on it. You know, for example, and it's like okay, that's good. You know, you see that, but you know, you see how it's directly connected to your modem. You know, it's like that's a problem. <laughs> so, so I guess break it down, like try to break it down for us, like in simpler terms, like what is a firewall? Like what is it? Like because I mean it's cyber stuff, so you can't really right. see, but like what is it? Like so uh, the firewall is essentially a, a uh, an appliance that goes in between uh, your ISP and your your you know network and everything your wireless your computer stuff like that, and what it does is it's constantly updated um, you know through the the latest threats and everything so that it knows hey this one's coming through here but is that a bad actor so essentially saying if I'm trying to reach you guys from my computer at home and I'm trying to send you something malicious you know through your network because I found a way in. The firewall will catch that and say, that's not traffic that I recognize, so you can't be doing that. And it will actually block that entirely out. So that's why a lot of emails mm. sometimes get blocked out and say, exactly. I didn't get your email. It's automatic spam or something. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. And then we have that aspect, too, where, uh, you know, there's email, email, yeah, email filtering. Um, so, you know, uh, that aspect of it is essentially a program that kind of middlemans in between your email and when it receives to you. So what we set up is um, Proofpoint. So... Um, when you're sending or receiving emails out, instead of it going directly out, it actually goes through this third-party service, which is secure and encrypted, uses you know, HIPAA compliance and everything there, to scan the attachments, check the algorithms in it, and say, is this phishing or is this malicious? And if it is or isn't, then it'll either pass it or it won't, or you can quarantine it depending on if it's not sure, so you can review it. So that's pretty much what you're watching, like the firewall, the stuff kind of going in. Exactly. In so everything there. coming in and out to make sure it's not bad and, you know, teaching that the, the most important aspect, I think, out of all of it is, you know, uh, personnel training. You know, it's like, okay, does when you hover over that link, does it say Google.com or does it say, you know, some other weird address that you know you don't recognize. And Even don't now they're in. getting like pretty uh, crafty with this. They'll be like Google.co or something, exactly. or they'll change like <laughs> the font of one letter, and it's like the same. It still says like Google.com or whatever, but then the O is like a different font. Right. So it looks yeah. similar. Yeah. Did you, send, did you send that or who? no? Uh, our brother sent it. Yeah, he sent a thing like the A is like I don't even know, but it's, it's like, like a, a different, different font. Like in yeah. the thing. and it's like so they get you that way, and kind of with that. So it's interesting because I was reading something the other day, and it goes to the 
Like they'll just send an email to like someone send an email to you, like I guess if you don't have a firewall, and it'll just stay kind of like in your your inbox, you know. Right. And you, I guess you don't have to do anything really for them to kind of hack your system because they're already in. Because I guess they'd accepted it in your inbox. How much of that right. is true, actually? Uh, it can be partially true. I mean, a lot of times when it goes into your inbox, it's not really activated until you actually open the actual email, and then at that point, they can put malicious things into it. Do you um, open the email or like click something in the email? Or uh, click in, if you click in the email, if you open it, then it kind of like sets the trigger for it because you can do read-only stuff uh, okay. where it says, okay, they've opened that, you know, and then that's where it kind of activates the link and stuff like that where, you know, then it's like, okay, th let's see what they're going to do with it. So like things that people don't really think about, but it's like constantly going on in the background, I guess. It's, exactly. it's, it's kind of it's scary <laughs> when you start thinking about it. Like there's all kinds, especially like business owners, there's all kinds of stuff that could be going on behind the scenes, but they're just worried about the dude breaking in the store, which doesn't really happen right. around here. Like, I mean, I guess it does happen, but it's like more probable that someone's going to hack into your system or something. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I've seen so many times like manufacturing companies, CPA firms, where, you know, the receptionist gets a, an email that says, hey, this is the CEO. And the address looks weird. It didn't get caught and says, hey, send me what's the, the new credentials to reroute the stuff because I need to have all the money transferred over here and they'll be like, oh, okay, not a problem. You know, they'll, they'll get their, you know, message or some kind of text and everything and thinking it's them and then they'll do that kind of stuff. So there's, you know, so many different types of phishing and, you know, with that platform that I offer, it actually saves that aspect of it. It'll notice, hey, does that match their email address? And if it doesn't, it blocks it entirely. Mm. So, so the thing, like if that <clears throat> happens, I guess, who gets to like, get sued? Because you're going to get sued for that. Like, would it be the, the CPA office? Like if they don't have anything, if they just give out information like, oh, we messed up. We thought it was them. So will they get sued? Or? So uh, it's it, it kind of gets really weird and tricky when it gets to those kinds of aspects of it. Um, a lot of the times it would be the, the CPA office, you know, kind of reporting it because they should have, you know, some kind of cybersecurity insurance. That should be the number one thing a lot of businesses have. And, you know, nowadays they're making it more affordable where, you know, it's like you should cover yourself. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times they'll go back to them and, you know, they'll do a full audit backwards like that. I do everything for them that I could, that I make sure everything was right on that aspect where, you know, it should have been prevented, you know, and make sure it wasn't like a user error, you know. So um, it, it usually starts there and then it kind of just progresses from the investigation as to who was at fault, essentially. So sidetracking a little bit to that, I like to go down some rabbit holes. So we're talking about stuff that just hangs out in the background. Um, I don't know how from, I'm guessing you are with Pegasus, like the whole Pegasus systems and stuff like that. The Israeli yeah. system that yeah. they, I like going down <laughs> rabbit holes. So like, let me get my tinfoil hat. Let me get the tinfoil hat. Bring them out, Eric. So they so they get them out. Like they have these stuff kind of running in the background, you know. Right. And I was reading an article today on it, and it said like it pretty much says like, uh, like open source all the people countries that have bought you know the Pegasus system to use, right. and it says the U.S. doesn't use it. That, that's what it says. It says the U.S. doesn't use it. But, like, how much of this stuff do you think is actually tapped into, or like, or iPads or phones and all this, that they're just, like, getting all this data? There's all this, this thing going around to, like, oh, your phone listens to you while you're talking, and then it pulls up right. customized ads and stuff, too. Yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff is listening to you, and it's integrated a lot of stuff, um, you know, even to the point of where if you use text-to-speech, you know, even on your phone, what it actually does is it records your voice, sends it to Apple servers where it stores it, and then sends it back out again. So it, like, everything is essentially kind of listening to it. And, you know, with a lot of, you know, healthcare offices and stuff like that where, you know, HIPAA's required, they can't have those kinds of devices in there for that reason, you know. Um, 
it's it's integrated into a lot of stuff you know anything that you can think of like you know like you said with your phone you know it's going to catch those ads and stuff like that if you start talking about dog food which i'm probably going to get now later <laughs> it's going to be um you know just you're going to start seeing ads for it um or even you know a few things you mentioned once or twice it's it's going to catch it and it's just you know the way to turn that off is to you know essentially just not use your phone and stuff it's that's where it's kind of difficult in that aspect of it. it's like yeah, you know, you set the permissions right, you might be able to get away with 90% of it, but there's always going to be that 10% that's like, what did I forget? You know, it's going to start listening. Yeah, because when we download the app, it tells you the the, the terms of service, you know, the ones right. that nobody read. <laughs> and you're pretty much giving them access to do that. That's why we get all these ads and stuff, you know. Exactly. Going from the marketing side, that's what they, that's what they do. That's how they get that. But with, like, but, the Pegasus stuff, with, is it, like... Because you don't have to do it. I guess they have, like, the Pegasus, and then they got the Pegasus, too. I guess with the Pegasus too, you know, they would give you a link and you click on it and then like, I guess it's activated. Like you're saying, like you open right. it, but I get Pegasus, Pegasus too. They just have to, you don't have to do anything. They can mm. just send it to you and you're tapped in. And like this whole thing was going, they had the, where is he from? The Prince of, where's it called? One of those big, uh, Dubai, some, probably somewhere over there, but they tapped his stuff. And like, they were talking about Bezos and they got like tapped into their stuff. So like, I guess it's used to be able to track, uh, like how you're saying, bad stuff's going on, right. terrorism and stuff. But how much of the stuff are they just tracking just for fun? That's my thing. Right. Yeah. No. I mean, it's it's completely. You know, we don't really know what else they're you know leading it to. Maybe the stuff that you're looking up ends up you know being passed on to you know the government or whoever to you know tracks what you're doing or you know so that's where it gets like a, a slippery slope with everything. Mm. And I try to avoid having as much as I can even in my own home just for the fact that you know. You don't know who's listening. <laughs> yeah. So are so, you like against like the whole like smart home type stuff? Like oh, definitely the smart not. locks, the um, smart thermostats and all that stuff? Uh, not from the, the smart aspects of it. I mean, it's it, I think they do definitely provide convenience for, you know, users, you know, people that, you know. That's the magic word, the convenience. Yeah, exactly. You the convenience and then come yeah. here. Come yeah. here. They got you. You can shut off your whole house by saying, you know, hey, shut that off. And the whole thing turns off, you know, and everything. And even reading uh, – you know, your distance from your house. Like, you know, I think I know Google has like a certain distance where if you keep your location on, it sees you leave your house, it'll shut everything off for you. And then when you get close, it'll kick everything on. So it's, it's, it's where it's like, you know, how much convenience are you willing to offer for the security aspect of it? So, which is, yeah, which is really cool. Like if it does all that, right. Stuff, <laughs> like there's some guy, no, he, he has, he has a smart home stuff. So he says when he gets to a certain range, like of his house, like his garage will just start opening. And like that's cool. It yeah. sounds cool. I'd rather, yeah. I think I'd rather just press the button. Like right. it's gonna take me half a second to press the button. But like with the smart home, because it's it starts knowing. I guess the tinfoil hat again. But it starts knowing like all the the times you go to sleep because you turn everything off. Right. And like, hey Alexa, play this or Google play that. You know, it it starts knowing like everything about you. It sounds cool and all that stuff until like someone's trying to like actually break into your home or something. They if your if your house knows everything about you, then it's probably yeah. a little easier to <laughs> just hack into that. Yeah, because couldn't they just hack into your system and now they can just? Oh yeah. So they mean, could also like hack into your cameras and just like just watch you when you're in your house. It's actually really common with uh, baby watching mama. naked walk around the house. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really common Free with show. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's really common actually with uh, like baby monitors and like home security systems. Like some of those white hackers I was telling you about, um, they'll purposely go out and they'll look for. Um, it's called open ports, and these are certain numbers that um, pass the information in and out. Well, the most common ones with like residential ones, and what you know, business owners when they start up is those are usually open. 
they don't ever close them. They're just kind of like a, we have the basics covered where you're not going to be really damaged. So, you know, here you go. And what they'll do is they'll get into it. And if they're a white hat, they'll, you know, essentially tell them like, hey, just want to let you know your, your camera's on. We can access it. You might want to figure that out. So there's, you know, some people out there that are nice about doing that kind of stuff. And then there's other people that, you know, will watch your, you know, maybe sleep because they, you, it's open and, you know, they'll just kind of do weird things to mess with you. Like I've seen a lot of stories with people, you know, just completely messing with people like that when, you know, maliciously and it's, it's crazy. <laughs> so how, like, how would you go about like preventing that? Would it be like, is it like a, not having a camera? <laughs> is, it like, is it like the specific like monitor, like getting that proofed or is it like pretty much like a whole like sphere around your home to like keep all that stuff like on your network or something um so in, in a home aspect of it you'd want to most likely keep all your stuff local like you know, if you have a baby camera stuff like that where it's it doesn't connect to the internet you know it's all like just reading it off of you know a local like hub or something where it's all interconnected to itself but nothing going out Mm. Um, for a business aspect, you would definitely want to have all those precautions in place, like a firewall, stuff like that, where it, um, it can read the most advanced you know, techniques that it's trying to do, and it can adjust accordingly. Um, you can set rules within the firewall and everything, too, to say, hey, I'm trying to get out to Adobe, but it's blocked. You, know, you, can, sh you can set up to specifically allow that one address to go out so you know you're safe. It just takes a lot of configuration on that aspect of it. And that's kind of where we step in to, you know, help them with it and make sure that they're safe, but, you know, they can access what they need. So break down for me. I'm getting a little confused. <laughs> break down for me what's, like, how Wi-Fi works. Because you said, like, if it's connected to those systems that they can kind of, like, tap into it, right? And stuff like that. Is, it, or is that what you're saying? That they're connected to, like, the Wi-Fi, like, the camera stuff? Or that they're connected to, like, what? Like the, like the cloud entirely, like anything that would go out to the internet. Um, you know, you can buy those baby monitors for, you know, 30 bucks that, you know, they don't have that cloud capability. You can't check it on your phone, but you have a, you know, handheld monitor for it as an example. Okay. Um, so stuff like that's internal, or I guess you'd say intranet, and essentially keeping it where it's its own self-contained unit. What about like, okay, I got you there. But what about like on Wi-Fi stuff? Because then you can connect, because there's like a lot of public Wi-Fis. Right. That you can just say you go to the... I don't know, coffee shop or whatever, where you can just connect to the, like how secure are those? Those are very unsecure. <laughs> a lot of the times they'll do is, um, freezing always better. Huh? Oh yeah. <laughs> it, 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 you're, you're, that's why they say you should always at least use a VPN or something on that aspect to, uh, you know, protect yourself and your information, you know, because you can go to a coffee shop and, you know, if you know what you're doing, you can connect to their Wi-Fi and read everybody's data, you know, essentially it's connected to it at the same time. But using a VPN, um, a virtual private network, you can um, ensure that your traffic is encrypted to where you know no one can see you entering your bank stuff in. Um, a lot of the times with theirs is what they call a, a, a VLAN. So it's a, a virtual local area in the network. It'll kind of separate the traffic from their secure stuff, but it's using the same appliances. So the traffic that's going out on the guest one is different than what's going on the secure one. How, how does that work? How like how can you have like two different this is why it's like always so interesting to you know kind of talk about it because yeah. um, so because you have two different like traffic's going through the same like modem right. or, or appliance is that was that the, the the better word for it like appliance yeah like appliance for okay. it um, so yeah they have what they call uh, the VLAN and essentially what you can do is you can segregate a network. Um, however many times you you know you'd need it essentially a lot of times it's more of like a secure network like company usage internal stuff like that but then they'll have a guest network and what they'll do is the traffic from both of them flow down the same appliance 
but they have different rules. So the, the guest can't access anything on the secure network. And, you know, likewise, a, you know, secure can't connect access anything to the guest. So with the guest networks, you know, it's mostly based for, you know, if you're, you know, watching videos or searching up your email, something really quick where, you know, you don't need to be on those resources. And the secure aspect has all those, you know, safeguards in place that prevent it from, you know, getting out where it's not supposed to. And the secure one, is that like the like VPN type stuff? Right. So okay. it's like the VPN aspect of it, you know, the uh, ports and everything in there to make sure that they are all secure and that nothing's coming in that's not supposed to. So then you could also set like your VPN that like you're in a different location too, right? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you can definitely, and they, they use different kind of data centers for it. So they might have one in like Denver, for example, that you're connecting to. And you're essentially just routing your traffic from uh, wherever you're located to that Denver area. And it's encrypting it there and, you know, sending it back in and out. It's like a middleman essentially on that. Okay. So I've seen, I've seen a lot of people use that. Like, oh, if you want to like get different shows on Netflix, then like get the right. VPN that you're in a different country or something. Exactly. And what you're doing is you're just sending your traffic to wherever that country is. And then it thinks you're there essentially because that's where your data is coming from. Okay. So it doesn't make your stuff slower since it has to get travel. It can. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the, the <coughs> downside with this. You know, whenever you're connecting to something more secure, you definitely want to be as close to the whatever one's closest to you so that you have that faster traffic. But anything out farther, you know, like Japan, stuff like that, when you're connected to it, can definitely see some latency because it has to travel farther. How do you go about like. Because you're throwing about it, like know, a bunch a of knowledge on us. Like, how do you go about like learning all this? Like, do you go to like school to like learn it, and then like it's like just keeping up with like the new technology as it comes? Is like courses you take like to keep yourself up to date, or is it, like self taught? Uh, it's a combination of all the above, actually. Um, so I actually got my master's in uh, network management and IT stuff like that uh, back in 2020, if I remember right. 2021, I think somewhere in there. Uh, I got my master's. Um, I have multiple certifications with Microsoft. Uh, you know, constantly I'm looking at different websites for, you know, what's the latest thing happening here and what's happening there. Like, you know, it, it's it's a lot of the time is just kind of keeping up with stuff. So you're gonna gotta funnel it into one little area where you're like, mm -hmm. okay, I know what's up to date nowadays. So it's uh, a lot of that, and you know. In trial by fire, really. <laughs> you know, when I first started everything, it was all new like that, too. And, you know, I kind of had to just be thrown into, you know, a lot of these situations where mm -hmm. I, it just, you flourish after you're like, hey, that went down. Why did that go down? And then you're looking at you and you have no idea. So, <laughs> yeah, especially like technology is like advancing so fast. Like the security aspect is like playing catch up all the time, I feel. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's almost a job in itself to keep up with everything that's going on. So, <laughs> <laughs> the I'm I'm still thinking about like the VPN stuff. So going back to it, could you have like a VPN? Say like I could have a VPN for me, and I could use it for all my networks. Say like my phone, my tablet, my everything. Or how does that work? Or is it more for like location based? Or how does? So you could have it for multiple devices. Um, a lot of VPNs will have stuff for your phone and, you know, for your computers here. Um, a lot of uh, firewall appliances, like say you're at home, but you have everything here secure. You can have a point here where you can connect to from home. So it, it's essentially like a tunnel if you want to think about it. You know, you're at home, but instead of going through the whole Internet to get to it, which you might not be able to, it provides a straight tunnel to it, essentially like a, a point to point. And it's all secure in that tunnel because you're the only one connected to it. So it, I don't know, VPNs get really fun when you get down into it. <laughs> so, it's, so it's like, like you're saying, like a tunnel that you can just connect, like or have your devices go through the same tunnel. Right, right. So, so yeah, I mean, you could literally set up if you really wanted to. Um, like say you guys opened a second office, you can have two of those appliances on, on each side, 
and have them connect through a tunnel specified just for your organization. And you can have them talking in between and it's still secure. So, I like it. Challenge mm-hmm. accepted. He's getting us to get the second officer. There you like go. <laughs> and I'm here. <laughs> yeah, because like, back in college, like, I was, uh, like, our, where, where I worked was, like, right next to, like, the IT department. So, like, we would go in there sometimes and just, like, look at all their servers and all that stuff, and it's just, it's crazy. Oh, like, yeah. Like, people will go to, like, the help desk, and they're like, oh, yeah, something simple. Here, I got it. But then you go, like, behind the scenes, and they got, like, this big old setup. And it's like for me, it's like insane. But then, like you're saying, like you, like you're you have a home office. You don't have a physical office, right? So you can do this from like pretty much wherever, right? Exactly. Yeah. And then right now, you know, I traveled everything, and you know, a lot of times I have um, remote management solutions. Like when I get a new client on, um, I have programs and stuff that I installed on the work machines to you know monitor them, make sure they're updated, you know, kind of see what's going on in their network, you know, all remotely in that aspect of it. And it's, you know, all secure as well. I only go for the, you know, complete highest, you know, compliance with them. Yeah. Um, so how, how beefy does like your system have to be at home to be able to like do all this uh, security stuff? It's, it's honestly not bad, um, you know, from just a, you know, general usage standpoint. Uh, but if, you know, if like a client, you know, out in the field, they might need a, a server depending on their needs that could end up being more beefier where you kind of have to monitor that a little bit more and, you know, have that, that special attention for it. So, uh, but a lot of the services that, you know, that I offer to other clients, it's kind of like a set it and, you know, forget it for them. But for me, I have to you know, have all this stuff monitoring it and, you know, updating it and all that fun stuff. And ideally, that's like the best way to go. Like for the client, set and forget it for them, so they don't have to exactly. worry about any of this stuff. Exactly. I mean, ultimately, my goal is to you know be their IT department, where it's like you know you're secure because you can trust me with it, essentially. So I make sure I set everything up to where you know something happens, something really bad happened at that point. You know, and that's point we need to look into a whole other thing. But with you know smaller clients, you know it's it's you know still a concern, <clears throat> obviously, but it's more of like they can feel free knowing that they don't have to worry about this and that their computer issues, if they come up, I can take care of them. Um, and, you know, if they're interested in learning about a new product or they've heard of something, then, you know, that I'm always going to be that resource there for them. We were talking about this a little bit earlier, but it's like the, the PC versus Mactivate. Is there one that, like, obviously, like, performance-wise, like, set aside, but, like, one that you would, like, recommend for people, like, just based on, like, the security aspect of it? One that maybe one's, like easier to hack into or, or harder. Which one do you prefer like, before he answers? I don't know. That's why I'm asking him. <laughs> I'm on the fence about both of them because, you know, Apple got the whole ecosystem, but then the power capabilities of a PC is just... Right. It's tempting. Yeah. And I, honestly, from a, uh, you know, technician standpoint, definitely PC is, you know, easier to, you know, manage, maintain, you know, and ensure that those, you know, aspects are covered. You know, with Macs, though, it's a little harder, like we talked about, because a lot of the stuff is built into it. So you can't, you know, you know, something happens, so you can't replace it out really quick. But as a security standpoint, Apple, uh, for a basic, like, set it and go, like, if you buy it off the market, is probably a little bit more efficient. Uh, but there there's a lot of people that get into it will also be, uh, I don't know if you heard of Linux. No. Uh, Linux is a, a whole other operating system. It's like the, I'd say, like, the third. Okay. Uh, there's three top ones, you know, Windows, uh, Mac, and then Linux. And it's a open source aspect of it where everything is kind of open, but it's you know you have to be so knowledgeable with it that it's almost pointless to do it because not many people adopt it. So there's a lot of a lot of operating systems yeah, out yeah, there. I mean that's one thing you don't even think about like, operating systems. People are just like oh Windows and and Mac right. or whatever. But then I mean I guess like into the the deep web <clears> stuff like people hear about it all the time, but it's like 
you can't just Google the deep web and then go to it. You right. have to like know your way into it. If exactly. Just, you, you won't be able to find it. Yeah. It's uh, crazy. Some of the stuff that you have to do for it. But I think as yeah, a security standpoint, um, you know, as long as your, your network and everything else is set up properly, you should be okay with Windows, especially with a good um, uh, endpoint, the uh, again, antivirus. Um, so stuff like that, you know, and that's, you know, one thing I offer too with them is um, I use what's called Sentinel One and it's constantly looking at the machines and constantly updating. So even if it sees anything at all weird on there, like you activity, anything, it'll immediately alert me and say, even if you're installing a printer, for example, <laughs> I've had that happen a few times. I've had to really, oh yeah, it'll be like, Hey, that looks kind of weird. And it's like, you know, that's a system file for it. It's fine. But you know, okay. so, um, that proactive monitoring is, you know, kind and of that's what you want. Then ideally, just exactly being on the lookout for that stuff. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it's constantly watching anything on the machines that could be, you know, weird with it. So, um, yeah, from a business standpoint, probably, you know, Windows would be more than capable of it as long as you have those parameters in effect. Um, and, you know, with Max, the set it and forget it kind of aspect of the security is probably the best way to go on that part. I'm curious, like kind of like switching topics a little bit, but like AI is becoming a whole big new thing like with ChatGPT and and open ai and all that stuff it's like how secure is that stuff like i, I know like using it like it's very like user-friendly you just ask it questions and stuff right but is there like a way for someone to like be able to like hack into it or whatever and then give people false information um yeah i mean a lot of t- anything that's you know connected to the internet is vulnerable at something you know mm-hmm. so it's just that you have to find that right person that knows exactly what they're doing to get into it um and I think, you know, AI is definitely helpful on a lot of aspects of it, uh, you know, and I've toyed with many ideas with it and they're trying to integrate with systems, stuff like that. But I never think until it's become like, you know, pretty much aware of itself is that it's not going to be, you know, what everybody wants it to be quite yet. Just for the fact that, you know, you can say, hey, give me an article about this and it's going to type something and it could be completely wrong. But you have no idea, you know. <laughs> so do you think it's going to be better once it can think for itself, you said? I think we'll be in a whole mess of problems on that point, but <laughs> so you think it will be able to eventually become like self sentient? I think it could possibly get to that point someday. I think it just it goes right now. Um, you know, if I remember right, it's referencing material up till 2020. If I remember right, I can't remember how, what they stopped it at. But then, you know, millions of people dumping all this information into it every day. You know, it's it's. I think it's just a matter of time, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> there was like, like a while back that there was like a big like article from like I think it was like Google or something that AI was already becoming like self sentient. Like they would ask it questions and they would like talk back to it and I like oh I feel like this, I had feelings. I feel that like I had feelings, but then the argument was like. No, it's just like learning like what a human would respond to that. Is that kind right. of what like self-sentient is? It just learns what like a human would say in that situation and then just repeat it? Or what is it, or is it like actually have like thinking for itself? I think that would be I think the the way you would actually know about it is my personal opinion is, you know, if it can initiate the conversation with you, you know, is how I would see it. You know, because a lot of times, yeah, I wouldn't know how to say, and you're saying, are you feeling sad today? Then it's going to say, well, based on the conversations you've had prior, it could say, I'm going to replicate that feeling and say, you know, yes, I feel sad about that today. You know, Mm -hmm. so I think it's until you're, you know, you're just on your computer and it starts talking to you about something random. I think that's going to be probably the point where it's like, okay, that's that's it. (laughs) You're looking a little sad today. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. You're looking a little weird today. Especially with like the robots they got like now that they're they're like making really like realistic human faces. Pair that with like AI and it's like another person pretty much. Oh, yeah. You can get a new like profile picture and stuff like have AI make me new profile and it just makes it for you like. So that's, 
I don't know. I think it's... Uh, That's interesting what you're saying about, like, the profile pictures, like... Because, like, there's, like, new, I guess, softwares that people are just like, oh, yeah, do this, like, the 10-year challenge, whatever. But then it, there could also be, like, malicious behavior behind that. To like be able to like hack into yourself, like oh, that's how you looked ten years ago. That's how you look now. That's how you're gonna look ten years <laughs> in the future, right. and then just like start stealing all your stuff. Oh or yeah, just, or just like creepers out there, just like watching it. Oh yeah, and they have some pretty crazy stuff out there. You know, a lot of the image generation stuff. You can tell it. You know, and I think it blew my mind one these days. Um, I can't remember what the website was, but it was just it will generate random. You know, and it looked like a legitimate like picture of somebody taking on somebody. And yeah, yeah there's like a website. Every time yeah. you refresh it, it shows you a new picture of someone exactly. that doesn't exist. Yes, exactly. So, and I had to actually like re- image, you know, reverse search it and everything just to see if it was true. And they couldn't find anything. So it's it, it's definitely getting there. I think it's going to be very concerning soon. I think you know it's an exciting mm-hmm. new technology, but then it's going to be a lot of headaches at some so point. The, so there's, <laughs> a, I mean, I, I love watching a lot of like documentaries or like sometimes uh, movies. That are like, because you know that someone, they had to get the idea from somewhere. And usually it's funny, they, there's like a movie or a doctor, and then like a couple years later, this starts actually happening. Another one, it's called uh, Megan. I don't know if you've oh, seen that. Oh, yes. Have you seen mm. that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that, that shit's scary. <laughs> so they, did you have to see that one? No. So there's like. But it's pretty much like a, a little girl has a friend or something. Yeah, like no. Well, so yeah, so her, her parents die, and then they make a, a doll. She has to go live with her aunt. Her aunt's like, a, I don't even know what you call what she does. But they, so they make, it's a company that sells toys. So they're like, we need a more engaging toy to get better. So they're like, what if we just get this one? And she makes a toy that pretty much hangs out with her all the time. But it's a robot, dude. It's like an AI oh, robot. Shit. And then she can't turn it off and then it goes crazy. But yeah. <laughs> well, imagine that. You just buy like your kids like shit. He, he always wants me to push him on the swing. Let me just buy him Billy over here. I'm mean, a robot so he can go push him on the swing. So I don't have... Like, I mean, yeah. that, that could also be kind of cool, though. Like, you give him, like, a little friend or whatever, but then that friend is used to protect him from, like, danger out there. You send him to school with, like, a little friend, I think that and anything happens. premise of the movie, too, at some point, is oh, that yeah? she gets too dangerous. Um, Instead so of... It's, it's like a guard dog, but, like... Right. Yeah, that, that's kind of how... Yeah. Yeah. It gets, how it was, and she mm. started, like, killing other people that would try to... Oh, shit. Yeah, it, it got really dark. <laughs> oh, wow. It went dark fast. Yeah. Uh, that's another one to watch. I, I don't... I don't... I mean, I don't know. I don't know if... I don't know if... I don't think it's good to buy your... Your... Your kids' friends. Right. <laughs> they have to earn their friends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like... There's, like, a lot of uh, stuff going on, like, on social media or online, like, for kids. Like, do you think it's a smart idea for parents to, like, get their kids into all the technologies and stuff? Like, handing them the iPad and just watching their shows on there? Or what about for you? Like, you personally, like, do you let your kids? Because you see all this stuff out right. there. Do you let your kids, like, be on I, there all day? Definitely not all day. Um, you know, for the fact there there is some really messed up stuff out there, and uh, you know, when I do give them, you know, their their tablet to use, it's you know strictly with apps that I vetted, you know, to make sure that you know that's not going to be, you know, malicious in some way or going to expose them to something that shouldn't. Um, but you know, even the ones that I vet, I still monitor their usage. You know, that's definitely the most important part. Is you know, you think it's safe, but you know, like with YouTube Kids, the people put out some really terrible stuff still, and you know, they figure out a way to get it under there. So they did disguise it as like a kid friendly show, but then exactly. it's like what are the 
people doing in the show, it's kind of like, oh. right. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's been a few times that I've looked through there, you know, when my daughter's not having it and just kind of seeing like the kind of messed up stuff they have. And you'll, you'll run across one every now and then where it's like, Oh goodness gracious, you know? So yeah. I'll make sure that, you know, I, I monitor their stuff all the time, you know, and be like, you've been on there for, you know, even computers, you know, you don't want you talking to people you're not supposed to. And you know, where did you go? Are you doing your schoolwork? And that's all and you're messing around stuff like that. So and how old I, are your kids? If you don't mind, uh, three now and eight so okay. i have like a little gap in between so uh but yeah you know they they know how to you know install apps and all that kind of stuff so i have to password lock stuff and you know it's it's always you know pretty much watching them do their stuff is almost another job in itself so it's like yeah then you got to set up the the good part about me is i can set up remote tools so that i can monitor it when they're not even aware you know so I set all that stuff up. So and you're hacking into their system. Essentially. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, watching all the activity. <laughs> but it's a good kind of hack. It's a white hack. There you go. <laughs> so on, on a personal level, what do, you, what do you think is something that's kept you from moving forward, like, say, in business or in life and just in general? Um, I think uh, I haven't really hit a roadblock yet. I mean, the, the good part about it is I'm really persistent. I mean, I'm, I'm you know, doing those other two jobs and, uh, you know, pretty much 24 seven thinking about what I need to do, you know, modifying you know, my marketing or, you know, what about this offering? Is that a better offering that I feel like it'd be for my clients to the point where, you know, it kind of drives my wife insane when I'm sitting there at nine o'clock and be like, Oh, I found this. I'll be right back in a second. I'm going to research that, you know, it's three hours later. You're still <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so always on your computer. Um, but yeah, so I don't think I have anything specifically that holds me back. I think it's just that, um, I'm still a little bit introverted, I'd say, you know, I mean, I, I have a harder time going out to, you know, see people and everything, but I like building those relationships at first. So I'll usually wait till, you know, a business has a problem and I'll, I'll go solve that and kind of get to know the owner and, you know, slowly build that up to where it's like, okay, well, you, you could benefit from this, you know, after I've shown them that, you know, kind of giving the landscape as to here's where your downsides are, you know, and here's where I can help with that. So. Yeah, I think that's, pretty crucial for businesses like that's one thing like they're they're not even aware of but it's something that's going to be so important like moving forward for them because i bet you like a lot of them around here don't even know that there's a possibility of like a breach or something that that could end up like messing them up down the road right yeah no i mean that's been the most common thing like it says backups and you know having those right appliances for their network it's kind of the, the number one things that i kind of hit on or it's like hey I, I don't mean to scare you but you know these are all possibilities you know your computer dies or what if someone gets into it you know how do, how do you address that and then at that point it's where like i can you know help you address that so uh, that's kind of where it puts me in the you know ease of mind aspect of it and you know and i'm super persistent about it so you know i'm always constantly watching something or you know checking something and saying oh well that's with one of my appliances they send out an alert for so i need to make sure everything's adjusted for it so it's it's more like a watchdog aspect of it where it's like i got it all set up but i, I can monitor that for you is there something that like a, a like a quick tip or something that you could like give to like business owners like hey like if you're not doing this already you should probably do it like just like ba basic things before like you like step in i definitely say the the number one basic things is to make sure that your computer equipment is adequate um you know a lot of times i'll see ones that have like windows 7 and windows xp you know it's mm -hmm. like that you can't be using those at all anymore you know and yeah. um you know making sure that all your computers are updated you know all the patches all the windows updates everything on there because they're there for a reason you know mm -hmm. so i think those two major things you know is kind of a good starting ground if you know they're trying to get into this aspect of okay well i need to reevaluate my technology and say I'm doing too much on that aspect, 
So I need to focus on my business, you know? And then you just want to make sure that there's not that hole gaping on the side where it's like, I didn't update my computer and I'm using Windows 7, you know? <laughs> yeah, that can definitely be a problem. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Total outdated. But no, I mean, appreciate you for coming on, educating us a little bit. A little a lot bit. A lot of bit. A lot of bit. <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what I can grab a hole. You can go down for forever. And oh, there's, yeah. There's always, it's always constantly changing, always learning. So there's always going to be new things to, to talk about. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, you know, I'm always up for a good chat, so just let me know. <laughs> yeah. So, guys, you guys heard it. If you guys need some IT help, need some educating side or whatever for it, I mean, right here we got Anthony. So he can help you out. Where, where's the where's the easiest place for someone to find you? Uh, you can find me on my website, uh, rightcybersolutions.com, um, or you can give me a call at 970-743-0588. Okay, cool. Yeah, we'll put all your links down below, so if someone has questions or whatever, they can reach out to you. Perfect. Thanks, guys. Okay, appreciate it, guys. Thanks for being on. And remember that an actory button is to question.